This morning, I want you to turn your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 3 this morning. Uh, hmm. Dangerous territory. Well, then I'll let Tammy come up and preach it then. How's that? <laughs> Well, we'll find out this morning. There will be a test after the service this morning. <laughs> First Samuel chapter 3. First Samuel chapter 3. I'll read three verses, but leave your Bible open. I'm going to we'll go back to force a couple other chapters and look at some things and give you a thought this morning. Uh, it's a crazy world that we live in today. I mean, I, I'm afraid to turn the TV on. I get upset. I have to walk away from it because I see the things in the world. And then when I read the Bible, I, I see things that's happening. And the Bible said it's going to happen and it's already happened in times before. And it should not surprise us, should not upset us because God says these things shall come to pass. Uh, we we got to get our hearts ready and our minds ready and looking for Jesus to return. And I believe all these things are setting up the return of Christ if we just look for Him. First uh, Samuel chapter 3, verse 19, let us stand and read the Word of God. It said, As Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and did, did let none of his words fall to the ground. And all of Israel from Dan even to the Beersheba knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Father, we come before you thanking you, Lord, just asking that this morning to open hearts and minds. Help us to be what we need to be, Lord. Help us to realize, Lord, that uh, the signs of the times are here. Lord, we need to prepare ourselves and get ourselves ready, Father. And we'll praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Here this morning we're looking at one of, probably one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament to preach the Word of God. His name is Samuel. And we all know the story about Samuel. His mother, Hannah, uh, had petitioned the Lord uh, for a child. She did not have a child. She was discouraged. She wanted a child. So she weeps and cries out to the Lord and, and makes a request of the Lord. And God hears her cry. God hears her request. Uh, and He gives her that request. Uh, I, I'm glad uh, uh, this morning that we have a God that answers prayers this morning. Amen. And, uh, I don't know how many of you have, uh, have prayed to God and uh, for a specific thing and then begged God for something that and then watch God come through to do exactly what you ask God to do. Now I do realize that God doesn't always work that way. Now I realize that the answer is not always yes uh, in his life. But I realize that sometime God comes through uh, and, and does exactly what you like him to do. And I, I'm glad that there's times in my life that I prayed uh, and stepped back and watched God work in my life to answer that prayer. I thank God this morning for God. God who answers prayers. So God gives her a son. She calls him Samuel. 
not just because she petitioned the Lord for the, him, but she calls him Samuel because he, he, she's going to give him back to, to God. His name literally means given unto the Lord. So when Samuel turns to age, Hannah takes him back to the temple. And she leaves him with the priest Eli and his two sons. She waves goodbye. She's dropped her son off. She uh, realized that she petitioned God and God answered her petition and gave her the son. And now she said, I, I'm giving him back to you, Lord. She takes him to the temple and she walks off and she waves goodbye. But every year she comes back. She weaves a coat for him every year to see the answer prayers from God. And let me just say this. A good place to raise your child is in the house of God. We need to get our children around the things of God. It is better to raise them in the house of God and then at a ball field or, or a movie house. It's even better than raising them in the house of God even at your own house this morning. The best place for a child to be is every time the doors open at the house of God is you get your child in and get them used to the things of God, the power of God, the Holy Spirit of God, the Word of God, the preaching of God, and watch God do something great in their lives. I'd say this would be a great place normally to turn your child back in to get raised. The place where she leaves Samuel is surrounded by rebellious people. The place uh, has backslidden preachers uh, and his two sons have backslidden uh, uh, the priest uh, Eli and Hophni and Phinehas. Uh, they are backslidden from God. Uh, this place where she drops her son off uh, is not conducive uh, to a good uh, upbringing. It's not uh, uh, having a good walk with God. Uh, it ends up uh, having a, a testi great testimony. But amazingly, uh, after she drops him off and Samuel is raised in that environment uh, amazingly at the end of Samuel's life he comes out walking right, talking right, serving God and giving God the glory so if Samuel is living in this environment and Samuel's raised up in this environment then why in the world do we see such chaos in the world today? How is it that possible that Samuel raised around the house of God and turns out right when you got the priest Eli that's old and his uh, two sons that are backslidden? He turns out right. If you want to be right, you've got to do what Samuel did. If we're going to live right, talk right, act right, and serve God and give God the glory, we got to do exactly what Samuel did. Even in the surrounded by the rebellious world that we live in, in order for you and I to stay right, we got to be like Samuel. And there are a lot of people today that came from drunkard homes. 
There are a lot of people today that came from abusive homes. Uh, and let me just say that uh, they're walking right, they're talking right, they're acting right, they're serving God and giving God the praise. I'm a product of that type of environment. I was raised in an abusive home. I was raised in a drunkard home. Uh, but I said, uh, I'm not going to be like that. I'm not going to act like that. I'm going to do what's right in my life. Samuel was raised around rebellious people, and yet he came out right. So what did Samuel do? Let's look at the condition that Samuel lived in. And, and I want you to, when I talk about these things, I want you to look at the world that we live in today. And see if it doesn't mirror up. See like we got problems. Uh, even in the Old Testament in God's Word, uh, we see things happening. And I look at the world today and I see the same things happening. And yet I said, why in the world can't we have people that will walk right, talk right, live right, serve God, and give God the glory when Samuel did it? Look at chapter number 2. Chapter number 2. Just turn back one page. Chapter number 2, verse number 12. Here's where a lot of churches are at. Now the sons of Eli, they were not the sons of God. They were not serving God. In fact, the word of God said they were sons of Baal. They knew not the Lord. Wait a minute, did not she drop him off at the temple? Yes. And if you keep reading this chapter here in chapter 2, you'll find out that, that they mishandled the work of God. They mishandled the word of God. They mishandled the sacrifice of God. And we find out these two boys, all they knew about church, that they nothing they knew about the God of church. They knew the songs of the church, but they didn't know about the gods of the songs in the church. They knew nothing about God. They knew the preacher, but they didn't know the God behind the preacher. They knew something about sacrifice. They knew nothing about making sacrifice of their own life. Samuel was raised around a bunch of people that were serving God and living for the Lord was just a formality. It was not real for them. And as soon as they come to church uh, and they see the things that happen in the church, uh, and, but yet when they walked out the door, they go back doing exactly what they were doing before. They're living in the way they want to, talking in the way they want to. They were not living for God, but yet they were in the temple. Yet they were in the church. Do we not see that today that we live in today? They done whatever they wanted to do when they left the house of God. They said whatever they wanted to do when they left the house of God. They listened to whatever they wanted to listen to when they went left the house of God. Amen. You ought to be careful what you allow to get into your mind. 
There are some rebellious people in this world. And let me just say this. Uh, it's not out in the world they're at. Uh, it's in the house of God. There's some rebellious people sitting in the house of God said, hey, uh, you shouldn't be doing that. Hey, it's all right to do that. Uh, you can live any way you want to, act any way you want to. As long as you come to the house of God, it's all right. We're living in a Day of rebellious, religious rebellion. People are rebellious against the word of God today. They're rebellious against the things of God. They act like they're in compliance, but they're living in defiance. You realize that we're living in the same time the judges, when it's said, there's not a king going on, God giving judges. Saul hasn't come on the scene yet. And the very last verse in the book of Judges said, In those days there was no king of Israel. Every man did what was right in their own eye. Isn't that where we're living at today? Everybody doing what they think is right. Everybody going where they think they should go. They're not searching the word of God. They're not asking for guidance of God. They're doing what they think they're right. We're living in a world today where everybody's so spiritually blinded that they think, hey, uh, I don't need to go to church to worship God. I don't have to sing the songs uh, to worship God. I don't have to read the Bible to worship God. And let me just tell you what, horse feathers... The entire New Testament pushes us to assemble ourselves together. Amen. And what we have, we got this rebellious group of people said, I ain't got to do that. They're living in a day. You don't have to give. I don't have to tithe. I can do what I want to. I can listen to what I want to. I can go where I want to. I can say what I want to. I can act any way I want to. If you allow these people to get in your mind, it will mess you up. And they're sitting in church this morning. You don't have to go outside and find a rebel. You don't have to go outside and find somebody that stands against God and the word of God and the preach of God. Just find your church and they're sitting in it. Amen. He's living in a day where there's religious rebellion. Oh, what's that got to do with me today? I see religious rebellion today in a lot of churches. They've thrown the word of God out the door and doing what they think is right. Saying what they think is right. You know, we're living in a day where everybody wants to be fed and tickled their ears that when you walk out the door, you're good, you feel good. Nobody wants to hear the Word of God no more. Hey, when the Word of God starts penetrating your heart, it starts pointing to that sin in your life. Whoa, you're stepping on toes now, buddy. You're getting too close to me. You're pointing out something that I like to do. I like to go there. I like to listen to that. I like to do that. But the Word of God says, hey, it's not what you think. It's what God says. He's living in a day of religious rebellion. He's living in a day of moral rebellion. Verse number 22 of chapter 2. 
Now Eli was very old and heard all that his sons did unto all of Israel. And how they laid, man, we understand what that means. How they laid with women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. All these boys thought about church was a place to check out the women. And let me just say this. I know some women are going to think about the church that all the place is to check out the man. It's not just one side. It's on both sides. All they was looking at church was, hey, it's a social club. It's a gathering club. I'm not coming to serve God. I'm not coming to worship God. I'm coming to get what I want. Amen. Amen. That's what they're doing today. These guys are supposed to be doing all the sacrifice. And these guys were handling the work of God. And Samuel is, Samuel is raised up watching these guys. They're supposed to be the leaders of the church in his day. But yet they're the most moral degenerate people that you've ever seen in your life. We're living in a world of moral decay today. It's, it's so immoral, it's off the charts. All you have to do is just turn on your TV. Commercials, obscene. Hey, those who watch TV in the 50s and 60s and 70s, them days are gone. Them days are gone. I'm ashamed of some things they put on TV today. We've lost all sense of decency. We're just throwing it out there. It's in a world of moral decay. I imagine that Samuel being the young man he was, and, and there's the two sons, Hophni and Phineas, that come up to Samuel. They say, hey, Samuel, Sam, come on with us. You just yoke up with us. You're going to have a fun time. You yoke up with us, and we just have a party. We'll get out here, and we do all the things we want to do. Hey, let me just tell you, young people, that's what the world wants you to do, to yoke up with them. Let me tell you. And it just doesn't go for the kids, too. It goes for the adults. Amen. You know, adults has got some Phineas and Hoffman in there, too. They got some in there. Oh, it'd be a good day to go golfing today on Sunday. Sunny and bright. Rain all week long. I should have went golfing this morning. Amen. Get no amen on that way. We're living in a moral decayed society today. And let me tell you, Samuel is growing up watching all this. How in the world can he come out right, singing right, talking right, living right, serving God? God said in the New Testament, see, come out from among them. Be separate, said the Lord. Do not touch that unclean thing. He's telling you and I, you better separate yourself from this world. You better separate yourself from them in morality. You better separate yourself from this religious rebellion city that we live in today. Come out from among them. There are some things that should be morally absent from our lives. Our children are being brainwashed, corrupt in a world today that's Absolutely gone crazy. How can we stay right when we're surrounded by rebels? 
He was raised in a time of religious rebellion. He's raised in a time of moral rebellion. But he is also raised, he was living in a time of parental rebels. Verse 29, chapter 2. Wherefore kick ye at my sacrifice and my offering, which I have commanded in thy habitation, and honest thy son above me. As God is telling Samuel, to make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all offerings of Israel, my people. Look at chapter 3, verse 13. God's telling Samuel about Eli. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity in which he knoweth, because his son made themselves vile, and he, their father, not my job, not your job, but the daddy's job did not restrain them. You know why we live in a moral rebellion and religious rebellion society? Because our parents have decided to rebel. Parents have decided, hey, it's not my job to raise the child. It's my job to bring them in this world. But it's not my job. You cannot allow the school system to raise your child. Hey, let me tell you what. You pump the world into your child for six days a week and you bring them into church and they say, preacher, preach the world out of them. I can't do it in two hours. You need to start at home. You got to raise your child at home. You got to get the word of God in them at home. You need to start raising your child and get them in a Nourishing and ammunition of God. Don't wait till you come to church and say, hey, my child is running away. My child is running amok. And you have done nothing. Amen. Parents are rebellious. So, as Samuel was living in that day, and we see the same things happening this day, and yet he came out walking right, talking right, living right, serving God, giving God the praise and giving God the glory. What does Samuel do that we need to do? Give you three things and we'll go on home. Three things. He had a heart for ministry. He had a heart for ministry. Look at chapter 2, verse 18. But Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child girded with linen ephod. Chapter 3, verse 1, and I love it. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. That word ministry simply just means serve. It implies that I want to serve somebody besides myself. Samuel stayed right in the midst of rebellion. He simply said, I want to serve God. I know the world is going crazy around me. I know the people are not serving God. I know they're lost their minds. They're not doing right. But I have just decided I'm not going with them. I'm not yoking it with them. I decided I'm going to stay with God. I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to minister to God. I'm going to give my life to God. He had a heart for ministry.
he had a lot against him. Eli's two sons. Their whole idea of church was not church. Their whole idea of church was not serving God or giving God the glory. They were seeking self-righteousness. They come to Samuel and say, hey, come be with us. Samuel says, I'm not interested. All I want to do is serve God. All I want to do is walk with God. He said, I've set my mind to serve God. And let me tell you what, that would be good for you and I to set our mind up. We want to serve God. I'm, I'm not worried about what the world's going to do. I'm not going to yoke up with the world. I'm not going after the world. I'm not going to find pleasure in the world for those season. but I'm going to serve God. I might have to go through some things, and I tell that there are those that rebellious out there or make fun at you, poke at you, laugh at you because you have made your mind up to serve God. You're going to walk with God. You're going to live for God. You're going to give God the glory. There are those out there that are rebellious and are going to mark you and make fun you. But Samuel said, hey, I've made my mind up. I'm serving God. I'm not going to let the world drag me down. I love what the King James Bible said in chapter 2. Samuel ministered before the Lord. That means he was ministering to, to people in front of God. He was serving other people in front of God. God was seeing him minister to other people. And God's watching. Isn't that good if God sees you minister to other people? Boy, that's what we should be doing. And you're a servant. You should be serving. This shouldn't be about me. It shouldn't be, hey, look at me, God. Look at me, God. God should be seeing you serve others. But in verse number three, it changes. Samuel ministered unto the Lord. Samuel just didn't say, I want to minister to somebody else before the God. He said, I want to minister to God with my life. I want my life to be a ministry to God. My life to be a servitude to God. When God sees me, I want Him to be pleased with me. I want Him to be pleased with my life. Even though I'm surrounded by the rebellions in the temple. Can I say we've got enough of Phineas and Hoffman is in the world today. We, we need some more Samuels. Those that said, hey, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to walk with God. No matter who's around me, no matter what the world's going to say, I'm going to serve God. Samuel had a ministry, a heart for the ministry. I'm telling you, if you want God to see you, you need to have a heart for the ministry that God has placed you. You say, well, God hasn't placed me in a ministry. If God has called you, you washed by the blood, and you call Jesus your Savior, God has placed you in a ministry. Amen. I'm not a preacher. You ain't got to be a preacher to be a ministry. Amen. Amen? You ain't got to. You can be a prayer warrior. Amen. Hey, I love, there was a lady in Florida she wasn't right, but let me tell you what, when somebody needed something, they went to her, got her to pray. Because every time she prayed, she got to the throne room of God, and God was listening to every word she said, because she was in tune with God. We all have got a ministry. We all got something God has placed it in. So you ought to have a heart for it. If God has called you to uh, teach, then have a heart for it. 
Amen. Just don't go through the formality and say, well, I'm a teacher and I'll go through the formality. I should start doing as a preacher. I'm just going through the formality. This is what the Word of God says. You got it. John 3, 16, for God's love of the world, the only God, 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 okay, y'all deal with the rest of it. That's the formality. Take time. You in the ministry, and you got a heart for it. You say, well, I don't know what it is. Pray, God will show it to you. He had a heart for the ministry. And we should have a heart for ministry too. Here's the one we really need to get a hold of. He hearkened to the master's voice. Verse 10. And the Lord came and stood and called as the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak, thy servant heareth. Now you know the story before that he has called several times. Samuel kept going back to Eli and said, You call him? He said, No. I ain't calling you. And he told him, Hey, next time he calls, he said, Here I am, Lord. You know, God is trying to speak to a lot of us this morning. And we're too busy thinking about everything else that's going on around us. Our mind is not set on God. Our mind is not thinking about God. Our heart's not where it should be. We should be sitting, Lord, here I am. Speak to me. Look at verse number three. And this, this, this really amazed me about this chapter. An heir. That's an old English word. It means before. Before the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. And Samuel was laid down to sleep that the Lord calleth Samuel. He answered, Here am I. You see what's happening here. The light is about to go out. The light is about to go out in the house of God. If it gets dark, it's going to be a dark day. And in spite of being a dark day, God is still speaking. In spite of what's going on in this world today, God is still speaking. God is still moving in this world today. I realize that we're living in a dark day. Moral, immoral, religious, parental, morality, rebellious. Because these things are happening in this world, because what we see in this world does not mean God has stopped speaking, does not mean God has stopped calling. He might be tugging on your heartstring this morning, trying to get you to listen to something this morning. He wants to speak through His words. He speaks through the preachers. He speaks through prayers. He speaks through songs. The problem is not God speaking. The problem is us listening. You want to stay right, you must listen to the voice of God. You must listen to the voice of the Master. And can I say this? I can only listen for myself. I can't listen for you. I wish I could. 
I wish I could. I'd get up and put my ear right next to you so you hear what God is trying to tell you. But I can't. You have to listen for yourself. He had a heart for ministry. He had a heart to serve others. He had a life. He wanted to be a minister to God. He, he hearkened to the voice of God. He heeded the Lord's mandates. Verse 19. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him. He never depart from him. And did let none of his words fall to the ground. The rebels came by and tried to get Samuel to go with them. They wanted to have fun. You don't have to be that way all the time. You don't have to be a stuck in the mud. You can have fun. Samuel says, I don't care. I need to read my Bible. I don't need to do that kind of stuff. I need to serve him. Samuel wanted the words of God before him and in front of him in his life. And he held to that no matter what. He stood on the mandates of God. It made, he made it a priority in his life that the words of God would penetrate his life, would stay on it. The Bible says truth has fallen in the streets. I believe that today. That means they have taken the truth and have thrown it into the streets. They've thrown it into the garbage, just gotten rid of it. They don't care anymore. They don't care about God. But thank God there's some Samuels that still care about what God thinks. They still believe in truth. They hold to it in their life. And they take the book of God and they realize that, hey, this is my final authority on every act I stand on. It's my final authority in my life, my marriage, my worship. It's what God has said. If it was true for Samuel, then it should be true for you and I this morning. You would think that was all you hear from Samuel. But over in chapter 11 of Hebrews, God thought so much of Samuel, so much on how Samuel served him and loved him and worshipped him and praised him. Verse 32. And what shall I say more? God had just listed all the Hall of Fames, David, Samson, all those Hall of Famers, Moses and everything. And let me tell you what, to get your name included with that Hall of Fame guys right there, that's a good thing right there. How many of y'all will make the Hall of Fame? Hall of Fame of Faith. Yeah, how many are we going to make it? He, God just gave us a whole list of those faithful people. And then he said, and what shall I say more? For the time that would fail me to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Japheth, and of David, also and Samuel. 
God thought so much of him that he mentioned him in the Hall of Fame. Was he perfect? By no means. But he stayed right. He walked right. He lived right. He talked right in a day of rebellion. We're living in a day of rebellion today. It is so easy. Let me, just, let me say this. Then you can throw rocks at me later. It is so easy to get up on Sunday morning and say, hey, I think I'll stay home today. Hey, I think I'll go out and play. I've got a boat. I'll go to the lake. I can get my golf clubs out of the closet and go on to the golf. It's so easy for us to do that. But that's not living right in a time of rebellion. How do you say that? How do you know that? Go to the lake and see how many people are there. Go to the golf course. I mean, I guarantee the golf course is packed right now. You go to ask them, why ain't you in church? I don't need church. Someday you will. Someday you're going to say, Brother Jimmy, I'm telling you, you hit me. I, I didn't think I had to have church all the time. Let me tell you, you need the church as much as you can get. Like I said, bring your children here every time the doors are open. Indoctrinate them into the word of God, the power of God, the spirit of God, and the authority of God. And watch God do something great in their life. But if you want to live right in this world of rebellious, then you've got to make God your number one priority in life. Can't take second. He can't take third. He must be number one in your life. And God will fill your life. I'd love to see people get on fire for God. But you ain't never going to get on fire for God if you don't put God, God number one in your life. Gotta be.